are listening to the Outright Action International Podcast, sharing stories of LGBTIQ people everywhere. Today, we talk to Michael. This is his story. We just wanted to get, you know, different perspectives about what it felt like for you to come out and, you know, for our colleagues and our peers to come out to see, you know, are there any cultural relevancies when thinking about coming out and, you know, how does this changed your life? How has it not changed your life? You know, what kind of impact has it had? My name is Michael. Where do you come from, Michael? Uh, I was born in Poland. Um, I've lived most of my life in New York. So was it a big transition moving from Poland to the U.S.? Yeah, it was. My um, parents moved to Chicago uh, when I was around three, and then my brother, who was like 16 at the time, was raising me back home until we all came to New York three years later. It was it was a transition. So when did you come out as insert whatever it is you consider yourself? Yeah, I actually first came out as bisexual. It was October 20th, 2011, something like that. I know it was spirit day. It was this big thing in my middle school. I guess it was before 2011. I changed the preference setting on my Facebook to men and women, and then people came up to me in school and started asking questions, and I was like, yeah, I'm bisexual. And then a few months later, I came out as gay. It was, it was a transitional thing. It's like, try bi first, see if that works. What was your thinking behind using my, Facebook? <laughs> you know, it's just like, changing a little word on Facebook it won't no one's gonna notice it's not gonna be like a big thing so I was I was hoping for it to not end up like a big school drama thing but it did everyone knew after two or three days that was my like coming out to the greater sphere of my social life the first person I came out to is actually my brother about a year before that, and that was kind of by mistake. He saw my boyfriend at the time calling my cell phone. He he picked up the phone and he said something like, oh, is this your boyfriend calling you? And I didn't say anything. And so he's just like, oh, wow. And then I just thought, oh, I guess I just came out. Did you have a conversation after that? We didn't have a conversation really. We exchanged like two sentences about it. And he was the only person who knew. It wasn't it wasn't a big deal. We didn't talk about it. We talked about it a lot later on, but not not in the moment. He just asked me if anyone else knew. I said no. So and we just kind of like left it at that. My sisters were the first people that I told as well. And for me it was Not something that I was afraid of. Um, I always knew that whatever it was, I was whoever I wanted to be, whether it be in my personal life or my professional life, that I would have their support. And it was almost really important for me that I had their okay before I did anything else. So I totally get that sibling, you know, relationship. Did you eventually tell your parents Um, Or who was next, or what was the process? Um, The next person was my best friend. She lived four floors below me in 
our apartment building. I did tell my mom afterward. She initially reacted with like denial, like you're too young to know this. This isn't. It's a phase or something. Or she thought that some girl broke my heart, and so I vowed off woman or something. Um, I actually did have a girlfriend sometime around then. She was my beard. <laughs> <laughs> so for for people who might know not know what beard is, can you describe? Yeah, um, <laughs> a beard is a woman that a gay man dates in order to keep up the appearance that he's straight. <laughs> See, for me, like I didn't know what a beard was, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, my my parents were a different story. They when I came out to my mom, it was. Uh, it was the denial, and then it was a few months of passive aggression and a lot of like intense encounters, and we we like didn't talk, and then things got really hostile after a few months. I ended up being homeless for under a year. It was for a few months. We had like this big fight. They were just like, get out, whatever. But Occupy Wall Street was happening at the time, which was really fortunate. So I stayed with them most of the time. And then when my brother was in the city, I would stay with him. Pretty okay. And then I came back. We went to, my mom and I went to family therapy. And we finished that, like, last year. And now things are really good between us. My mom and I are having, like, bonding moments every time we see each other on the weekends. And my dad is starting to come around to my sexuality, he knows that I'm going to California this winter to uh, meet my partner's family. My mom told me that he's he like he knows and he's acknowledging it. He's past the denial phase, so now he's processing everything. So yeah, coming out to my parents was the most um, lengthy coming out of the like, compared to my brother and my school. The that one was the longest yeah I feel like that you know might be the case for so many people and it seems even scarier to come out to your parents than to come out to the whole world even though you have to live in the whole world all the time but I wanted to go back to um, something that you said that is you know when you do come out to your family you find yourself in a position of extreme vulnerability because you just told you know your family or your parents they don't know what to do with it and the first response is please leave. You said that you found yourself homeless, and so what happened? You know, what was your first thought? It wasn't the first time that we've had that sort of argument, and they told me to, like, get out, except, like, usually I would come back the next day or something like that. This one was more intense, and... And, and your brother was away at that time. Yeah. Did you feel like you had anywhere to go? Yeah, I was part of Occupy for a few months at that point. I knew that they had connections to like places to stay and we avoided shelters because shelters in the city are terrible. There's this one place here, I think it's called like Ashley's Place or whatever. The issue there was that they closed their doors really early and then they won't let you in and it's always, um, there's always too many people in there are beds, and they had like a rat problem. There's, we usually found someone who was at the Occupy camp who 
had an apartment or knew a place to stay and that's what usually happened like late nights at one in the morning you take the R train to the other side of the city to stay over at someone's place. It's interesting how um, our first reaction is always to turn to community rather than turn to you know the state or things that may be offered to us. I wanted to go back to talking about your experience with your parents. Do you think that you know them growing up in Poland and having a different cultural background and um, you growing up for the most part in the U.S. contributed to that miscommunication or that non-understanding? Yeah, definitely. There's there's a lot of cultural differences. I, I grew up in a pretty religious Catholic family and it's a post-communist country. So things are, in, in general, the culture and the religion is pretty anti-queer. My family's conservative, I'm liberal, ideological, and yeah, it's definitely has a lot to do with them growing up in Poland and the history of the country and the culture there. It's changing though, which is good. Have you seen any shifts in like the political policies or the movements in Poland that make you either encouraged or discouraged about what's happening? Yeah, I mean, I was pretty optimistic a year ago or two years ago. Um, we had elected our first openly gay man into parliament. We elected a trans woman into parliament. The leftist parties were creating an alliance and everything looked great. And we had a presidential election and the centrist party lost. It was like a surprise loss. They weren't supposed to lose. We now have President Andrzej Duda, who is, uh, he has like really close ties with um, the church and authorities from the last time his party was in power and the far right party, the law and justice party, so what they're called, won that election and now they have coalition. In, in terms of government, it's not looking so great right now. As of a few months ago, you can officially change your gender marker on government IDs and passports. The fact that communism there fell just 27 years ago, yeah, 89, there's a lot of cultural clashes between the neo-Nazis that are still there and the, the nationalist groups and the um, like progressive anarchist groups. My, my city, the Melitz, where I was born, is totally split. And I would say that Poland isn't the only place where yeah. progress needs to be achieved, right? Even here in the United States, so much has yet to be done. Um, you mentioned that you were atheist. And I wanted to ask you, how has that you know, helped you in your life? And what are some of the stigmas that might be attached to that? I suppose it, religion played a huge role in my denial phase. My parents and I went to Italy one time, and for them it was like a vacation. It was a summer vacation. And while for them it was a vacation, I was like, okay, we're going to all these holy places, all, all of these basilicas, and we're going to see the Pope and everything. So I thought, okay, this is the place where I'm going to be cured. This is the place where I'm going <laughs> to drink some holy water and I'm going to become straight. That like didn't happen, and the entire time we were we were traveling with a group, 
and in that group was this really cute boy that was sitting like right across from me on the bus all the time and it was this constant conflict of like I'm here to be cured and then on the other side it was like here's this really cute boy um, that I want to talk to and uh, it was this constant conflict and eventually it by the end of the trip I got like sick of it I, I got we, we went to the Vatican and I was still gay and I, I like I've been allowing religion to hurt me for so long and I didn't like leave the church and become atheist because of my sexuality but it definitely played a role in how I viewed the church and how I viewed greater authorities and things like that so I guess I guess the Italy trip was a good thing it was it was a time of total conflict um, but in the end it was it was a good thing have you, so you found comfort almost in your beliefs even though these beliefs are different from the ones you were raised with yeah have you found working at outright helpful to you at all in understanding who you are or understanding the world and how it functions for LGBTIQ people? I think the biggest lesson from working at Outright was the the reinforcement of the idea that we're like not even halfway done with all of the work that needs to be done now that marriage equality is a thing in the U.S. and most states have non-discrimination ordinances so it seems like we're nearing the end and everything and then I read the report on Iran and all the things that are going on there and I just think whoa we are we are not like putting down the, all of our tools and, and work and everything it's still a lot to keep going it also gave me a bit more hope in like the situation back home in Poland and uh, we did a fundraiser for uh, KPH, the Campaign Against Homophobia in Poland, which is the biggest of that organization. Um, so seeing uh, resources from the U.S. and going toward organizations like KPH and all of the work that I know that they're doing makes me feel like there's they're going to get the job done. Like, so if there's one thing that you would like to leave everyone with about you know your experience what would it be coming out is is like the the top of of everything it's it's you know it's that cliff that you have to jump off of and it's there's a lot of things holding you back there's a lot of fear and there's there's all these uh, concerns you don't know who's gonna accept you and who isn't that it ends up being okay in the end and that even though, like, when I came out in middle school, I lost a lot of friends. I was in, like, masculine basketball player crowd and everything. And, yeah, they all left when I came out. But a month or two after that, I got, like, a new friend group, which was accepting and wonderful. And it's, it's important to always keep in mind that it's not the end. And with that positive message, I can't thank you enough. One, for your, you know honesty and for taking the time to tell us your story, your positivity, and also for your contribution to Outright. We're really lucky to have you. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for listening. 
hear more stories, subscribe to our podcast series on Outright Radio, discussing human rights for LGBTIQ people everywhere. For more information, visit outrightinternational.org.